Welcome back to Radio Channel 1471. I'm your host, Sterling, your listener, and this is the podcast. Podcast episode number 28, that is correct. Last time you heard me as your main host was in podcast episode number 26. Podcast episode number 27 was hosted by A.G. Lean, and that was a week ago. Podcast episode number 26, on the other hand, was three months ago. So we actually have quite a bit to talk about, quite a bit to go over. This episode might be, well, I don't want to say split into two different parts, but I feel like a majority of this episode is probably going to be me just going over a bunch of the bookmarks I made in my Twitter, Twitter bookmark list thing. I don't really know what to call it. But on Twitter, if you didn't know, you can bookmark tweets by clicking the little arrow icon at the bottom right of a tweet and clicking add to bookmarks so i have uh, i couldn't give you an exact count but i have about well three months worth of bookmarks but besides all the bookmarks and stuff we'll also be talking about today's drink and music pairing everybody come outside by the pomegranates with tea prompt two kind of well the perfect situation would be T Prompt 2 would be done, and I'd be able to present that to you, but I haven't finished T Prompt 2, or I haven't finished finding a way to properly make it. <sighs> Sorry, my nose is just stuffed right now, and it's kind of hard to speak. <laughs> um, so yeah, the perfect scenario would be everybody come outside by the pomegranates with T Prompt 2, but as a substitute drink, you can do some ginger green tea with some frozen raspberries and blueberry juice. That's what I did. Besides that as well, we'll also be talking about... What else will we be talking about? Um, that's actually a good question. I'm not sure how long it's going to take to do all the bookmarks and also talk about the music. So that might be a majority of it as it stands so yeah the way we're going to go through the twitter bookmarks is we're going to go newest to oldest which might sound a little backwards but i just feel like it's easier that way also the more relevant stuff is the stuff you'll hear first so <laughs> so we might as well get right into the bookmarks should we do the bookmarks first, or should we do the music pairing first? That's a good question. Um, let's do the music pairing first. <sighs> okay, so right here I have the CD case. It is a digipack, meaning it is a fold-out paper cardboard, question mark, cardboard case, and not a jewel case, which is plastic. Well, I mean, there is some plastic in this, but still. Um, is there anything special about the case? I think I like the artwork. The artwork's going to probably be on screen right now for all of the YouTube folks. It's this purplish, bluish um, painting with a lot of squares, and I'm assuming those are supposed to be buildings? Question mark? Question mark? Um, it's got a nice vibe to it. Uh, what else? There was something else I had to say about it. Oh, yes. So I've had my eye on this CD for quite a while now. The, uh, 
origin story of me finding out about the Everybody Come Outside CD was back in the day, I don't remember how it came up, but I think it had to deal with Pocket Fox, maybe? Something about how Pocket Fox listened to the song, Everybody Come Outside. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And then I was like, I wonder if they have a CD to go along with it. And I looked it up. There was a CD. Um, the CD was like 40, 50 bucks at the time. And I was like, uh, no way, I'm not going to get that. Go forward, uh, maybe a year, maybe less than a year. And today time comes around, or not today specifically, but you get the point. And I checked again. It was only five bucks and a few bucks shipping. I was like, wow, I have to get that. So I did. Uh, yeah. I believe there are some expensive versions, or not versions, but like still some people selling it for a higher price. So, yeah. It was distributed with Luho Records. Luho? I believe is how you say that. Luho Records. Back in 2009, I believe. Or maybe 2008? The CD says PNC 2008 Luho Records, all rights reserved. But I could have sworn it was released in 2009. Yes, after doing a quick Google search, it says right here, release date March 12th, 2009. Um, <laughs> the CD itself is a pretty, I don't want to say basic, but uh, let me actually look over it real quick. Uh, it's a purple CD with a bunch of white, yellow, and purplish tinted dots speckled from the center going outwards, and a little Luho record at the bottom of the CD. There are 11 tracks in total, track number one being Everybody Come Outside, the only track I had prior knowledge of and prior listening experience with. Track number two is Beachcomber. Track number three is this land used to be my land, but now I hate this land. Track number four is Southern Ocean. Track number five is Sail, parentheses, away with me. Track number six is Coriander. Track number seven is 384 BC. Track number eight is Svatsi Utsi, I believe is how you pronounce that, maybe? S-V-A-A-T-Z-I-U-U-T-S-I. -I. Those are two different words. Track number 9 is Jerusalem Had a Bad Day. Track number 10 is Tesseract. Track number 11 is I Feel Like I'm a Million Years Old. I did, on my last computer, speaking of which, good news, I got a new computer. On my last computer, I wrote down a little note list with my thoughts on each track individually after giving it a good old listen. Um, I don't remember any of those notes, and the PC accidentally, or it didn't accidentally reset itself, but it reset itself to do a Windows update, so I lost the notepad because I didn't save it. Um, everybody outside, uh, everybody come outside, my bad. Everybody come outside, I think is a pretty good track. It's a really nice starter. Uh, I believe... I like Southern Ocean. There's this one part where they say all the names of the oceans, and I like that part. Uh, number five, Sail Away With Me, is pretty good. I like Coriander too, 
and track number 11, I Feel Like a Million Years Old, reminded me a lot of the last track of Pop Food by Jack Staubert. I don't remember what that track was called, though. The last track of Pop Food was called Candy Eyes. The thing about Candy Eyes and I Feel Like a Million Years Old was they're both longer tracks than most of the other tracks in their own albums. They both start off with a low and quiet speaking voice, and they both have extra long instrumental parts that are very, I don't want to say sleepy sounding, but I feel like if I were to fall asleep to a track, it'd be those tracks. Speaking of which, I think Pomegranates Everybody Come Outside is a CD that I might fall asleep to. And I don't mean that in a bad sense. I mean, if I were to put on an album to fall asleep to with, it would maybe be Everybody Come Outside. Maybe. I'm thinking we'll listen to track number one, but have the rest playing very quietly in the background of this episode. I think that should be a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, hmm. Now, I'm not too sure how this sounds. I think that's a good level. Yes. <sighs> so, a little background to the Everybody Come Outside album with Luho Records. Um, if you go to Luho Records, their website, they are technically listed, but they're not listed in a specific section. Let's see if I can find it. Okay. If you go to Luho Records and you go to the artists page, you can find pomegranates. From the image, I see one, two, three, four, five different people. If you go to the Pomegranates Bandcamp page. Fun fact, you can't find Everybody Come Outside the album. Oh, holy moly, the receiver just turned off. Sorry for that. Every now and then I have to smack the desk to get the receiver to work properly, <laughs> I guess. I. Trust me, I don't abuse my receiver.
that's it for the first track. Now, interesting thing that I just found out on the Wikipedia for the Pomegranates band. Apparently, their most recent label is Windspear. And if you do go to their artists, you can find Pomegranates. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the most recent release of Pomegranates was Healing Power, a 13-track album released back in October, supposedly. Don't quote me on that, I just found all this information out, so... <laughs> um, the Luho Records artist little thing for Pomegranates has this to say. Pomegranates, quote-unquote, the polarization of Isaac Carnes throaty roar and Joey Cook's high-pitched girly whimper only punctuates their wide-ranging <laughs> sound, spanning from gleeful, melodious, melodious, 50s-tinged ditties to modest mouse-like six-string slathers to eerie bedroom pop soundscapes. Dash spin. Whoever spin is. Um... Pomegranates apparently began with Joey Cook, Jacob Merritt, Isaac Carnes, and Josh Kaffelt. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. Kaffelt? Maybe? In Cincinnati, Ohio. In Cincinnati, Ohio, in 2006. Um, apparently, Luho Records did two records with the Pomegranates. Supposedly, the Windspear page for the Pomegranates says right here that they came back three years later after the December of 2012 to share their long-awaited fifth and final album, which I'm assuming is, in fact, Healing Power. Now, that's all I really have to say about the Pomegranates Everybody Come Outside album. There's not much else for me to say. Um, I think? Is there anything else for me to say? No, I believe that's it. So, we can move straight on into the bookmark section of today's episode. Also, once again, I do hope that the music is not too loud. So, like I mentioned before, I do believe, we're gonna go newest bookmarks to oldest to make sure that you get the most recent and relevant information to you quicker instead of later. Um, I'm not too sure how I'm gonna structure this part exactly, but I think I'll say their name, say the date it was posted, and then give a description of the tweet. Starting off with at Foam Pillow, July 24th, they said, Didn't Art of Pocket Fox. Be sure to check them out on YouTube if you're into ASMR. And in fact, they do show a little fan art of Pocket Fox. Now, the reason I bookmarked this one was because they posted it in the Pocket Fox Discord channel, or server, not channel. They posted it in the server. They didn't have a Twitter before they posted this, and, well, it's kind of a known thing that if you post something in Pocket Fox's Discord, he's probably not going to see it. 
So a couple people, or at least one person, recommended that they make a Twitter to post the art there, and then hopefully get Pockfox to notice it. Now the thing about this tweet is that they didn't at Pockfox, and I was like, oh no, they didn't at Pockfox, and I think I was the only one at the time to actually see it. So I said, uh, you know what? I'm gonna like the tweet, and I'm going to send it over to Pockfox to see if he sees it. And he did, in fact, see it. He quote retweeted it and everything. So go check that out if you'd like. The Olympics tweeted on July 23rd, it's on. And they posted a little image of the, um, what's it called? Olympic lighting? Olympic torch? Olympic fire? Yeah. So the thing about that is, guess what? The Olympics are going on right now. Um, I actually meant to record this the day the Olympics actually started. I don't know what day it is. What day is it? It's the 26th right now. <sighs> the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Isn't it crazy? Yes. Well, should we... Yeah, we'll talk about that right now. So, I saw on Twitter that one of the latte artists that I follow posted an image of a black cup of coffee and it said Tokyo Olympics I believe they said something about Tokyo Olympics and I was like huh I wonder why they tweeted that what's going on there and I looked into it a little bit more and I think it's because a lot of people are well okay, I don't want to say a lot but it's kind of a split between people being for and against the Tokyo Olympics, from my understanding. So I even consulted Zawanan, um, a Japanese local, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And I asked them, hey, mind if I ask you for your thoughts on the Olympics? And then they said, well, I was in favor of the Olympics. I thought I could only do it this year. I'm not sure what they mean by that. And then they go on to say, but seems that there were many people who opposed the Olympics. And then I said, thank you for your time. So, yeah, from my understanding, it's kind of a split between people who do and don't like it. Or are and aren't for it. I believe it's mostly due to the pandemic, though. July 21st, Fuzznet World tweeted, Hey guys, it's been almost two years since our last, and rather small and short, server, or not server, survey. So today we thought we'd create a new and better one that will present in style and easy accessibility. The survey will run until participation comes to a halt. Please retweet and share. So Fuzznet World, the people who do the music thing and also the people who do statistics every now and then, ran by Finn the Raccoon, um, yeah, they did a little survey thing that you can probably go check out. It's still there, I th think, I believe. Poorly Aged Things, at Poorly Aged Stuff on July 21st, tweeted a picture of skateboarding is a crime, not an Olympic sport, and it's on a t-shirt with the Olympic rings, with the bottom two rings being handcuffs. It's poorly aged because skateboarding is an Olympic sport this year. 
July 17th, Channel Surfing tweeted, Am I, quote-unquote, known in the vaporwave scene? And I bookmarked this one because I thought it was interesting. I, too, want to know if any of y'all, or anybody in the vaporwave scene, would like to know, or not would like to know, but if you do know of Channel Surfing. You might know Channel Surfing from his... How many views does it have? 500,000 something views? His posting on YouTube of Floral Shop. You might know him from that and other notable releases on YouTube. I don't want to say releases, but he posts on YouTube a bunch of vaporwave music and yeah. Um, July 20th, Tiger Blood Tapes tweeted a release, a physical release, of the Roti album. <sighs> um, I was, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, limited pressing of 200 vinyls and 100 cassettes. The thing about that is, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know Roti was ever going to get a physical release. Um, I didn't expect it to ever happen, or happen this soon. So I'm actually going to hold off on that and wait for the release of Songs for Streaming for No Tilde Tapes. Um, July 20th, Global Furry Television at Global Furry TV tweeted, Australia peaks furry interest in 2021 Summer Olympics with anthro characters. And it's a little link to an article of how the, uh, I believe, Australian government, maybe, or a supermarket chain paid an artist for designs, or not designs, but just strap artwork of some anthro characters. Um, huh. <laughs> kind of trying to speed through these somewhat. How much, how are we looking on time? Three more minutes. Okay, that's decent. October 16th, 2020. I know I said I was doing newest to oldest, but this is kind of new to me. It was new to me at the time. Swift Scouty tweeted, at Swift Scouty, starting stream as an Fertastic Esports Twitch team member and a little image of their Twitch channel. Um, I was interested in this because I wanted to know Swift Scouty's experience with uh, Fertastic. Fertastic is very interesting to me. <sighs> July 16th, Dogpatch Press tweeted, the government unknowingly commissioned furry art to promote the Tokyo Olympics at Junkie. Um, so that's another article on the whole Australia and Furry Olympic thing. So, yeah. July 16th. First That Matt tweeted, at first underscore that underscore Matt tweeted, I know I hardly tweet anything, but I've just finished a new album for At Your Pocket Fox. I got inspiration from it from his wonderful poetry book. It's a lo-fi instrumental album, so if you're into that stuff, I'd really appreciate if you had a listen. And it's a link to a Spotify. And then a little image of Pocket Fox in a pocket. Um, what was I There was something specific I said last time I recorded this exact segment. <sighs> what did I say? Oh yes, if you did not know, Pocket Fox does in fact have a poetry book. Um, you can get it, I do believe. I don't remember what it was called. 
Um, first, that Matt is a person who makes music. Um, I've seen I've seen them around quite a bit. I think they're pretty cool, pretty chill. They've been around for quite a while. So yeah, go check that out. July 15th, IGN tweeted, Valve just announced the Steam Deck, a portable Steam-centric video game handheld coming later this year. For even more details, check out our in-depth FAQ page. And then just a bunch of images of the Steam Deck. Um, interesting thing about the Steam Deck, it has a Zen 2 8-thread CPU. Uh, that's not very descriptive. It doesn't really have that many great comparisons at the moment, since Zen 2 is more of a broad title and less of a specific model. Uh, GPU 8 RDNA to compute units. Um, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I know 3060s, I know 3090s, I know 10660s, I don't know 8 RDNA compute units or whatever that is. Uh, 16 gigabytes of LPDDR5 RAM. DDR5, whoa, crazy. Custom AMD APU with two teraflops total compute uh, power. I was gonna say flower. Display is seven inches LCD. The resolution is 1280 by 800 and it has a 60 Hertz refresh rate. Uh, so I personally don't know if it's gonna get anywhere. I don't think it's gonna be that big. Maybe, maybe. It was, it did have, what was it called? Like a, what was it called? There was a reservation thing going on on Steam not too long ago. Uh, maybe a couple days ago, a few days ago. I'm not sure. <sighs> if you didn't know, handheld computer devices have actually been a while for quite a while. I think Linus Tech Tips, I maybe eight months ago, did a video on a 8K handheld computer device. Let's see if I can find that. Handheld computer Linus. It is this one. Don't wait for the Switch Pro by this today. Actually, it was two months ago. Look at that. What is it called? It is called a 1X player. It is a giant beast of a machine for a handheld device, and I believe it can actually do 8K. So there is that. <sighs> July 12th, Fuzznet, Fuzznet World tweeted, while this whole discourse is on and people talk about furry musicians and look for alternatives, here are more options. Check out either blah 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 Fuzznet World Music and blah 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 Spotify. So basically, this was a quote retweet of a little tweet thread of Pepper Coyote saying some things and doing some things, and they were trying to take advantage of it, kinda? The situation. Um, two things. One, I know nothing about Pepper Coyote. I've never listened to any of their music, so I guess I guess I do know something about Pepper Coyote. <laughs> I know they make music. And two, I'm neither for or against them. And three, I'm neither for or against Fuzznet music. You know, you know what I mean? It's good that Fuzznet music has a big plethora of 
free musicians that you can check out. Taking advantage of discourse of Pepper Coyote stuff? I guess it's not the best move, but at the same time... It's good that... It's good for the public to know there's more options. You know? Yeah. Yeah. July 10th, Mayor No Tilde. Mayor No Tilde. At Mayor No Tilde. <laughs> um, they tweeted... Notility Tapes presents Music for Streaming, their next release, featuring Dr. Plector, Melanade Music, Pop Up, I was going to say his at, but I can't say that, um, Mocha Yume, Strawberry Station, Chance De La Soul, with artwork by Starbird Z, or Starbird. Compilation out July 31st with tapes. Um, yeah, that's the release I'm waiting for. July 7th, Mary No Tilde tweeted, New, uh, blah, 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 I can't speak. New No Tilde tapes release has been sent to streaming services slash cassette manufacturing. More info soon. July 6th, Mary No Tilde tweeted, New No Tilde tapes compilation soon. Patrons have the inside scoop. And that's true, patrons do have the inside scoop. We actually knew about the music for streaming compilation, I want to say for a good while before Mary No Tilde actually mentioned it on their own Twitter. <sighs> I meant to talk about it earlier on, but, uh, you know, things happen. Uh, June 30th, Arcade Carpet Mania at LoganDev underscore OO. I have no idea who this person is, but they tweeted this, and it's quite interesting. Um, they're replying to something, I think it was the tweet of Skittles saying furry Twitter is trending, finally, with a fox emoji. And they replied to that tweet, and they said, If we're talking about brand Twitters and furries, here's the time MSI read my persona. It's true, they have a little image of them talking to MSI, the Twitter account, and they say persona reading, and then they post a little picture to them. And then MSI responded with, They are adorned with all the colors on our RGB that is so commonly seen on our products. Dot 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 dot. So they kind of rule. Dot 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 dot. Also, circle lenses are really good. So there's that. I thought it was kind of neat. June 26th. <laughs> Snowball at Sergeant Waffles tweeted, It's been one year since I started ASMR, and they said more, but that's basically the gist of it. It's just a tweet talking about how he had a one-year anniversary for his ASMR channel. So there's that. One also interesting thing about Snowball, he recently got a 4K camera, or at least I think so. I don't really watch his content that much. Um, he got a 4K camera. Wow. Also, Seb ASMR got a 4K camera. So, it's starting to seem like 4K ASMR is becoming the new hit trend. Hmm? Maybe. Get the inside scoop here now. Yes. Uh, congratulations to Snowball, though. Um, June 22nd, Brady, oh wait, one more thing about Snowball. Snowball's camera is a black magic? Yeah, a black magic 4K. If you didn't know, Linus Tech Tips, they use, I think, black magic cameras. So, if that doesn't show dedication to their YouTube channel, I, I don't know what does, you know? <sighs> 
but as I was saying, June 22nd, Brady, at Brady Argo 2. I have no idea who this person is, but they did tweet this. They said, just got these today, and then they show an image of a Will Wood and the Tapeworms selfish vinyl physical release. I bookmarked this because I had no idea Selfish had a physical release. And they did. Um, I meant to get, I don't know if it was a CD or a cassette, but I meant to do that and I totally forgot. So they might be sold out now? I'm not sure. It was a while ago. <laughs> um, also, Marvin's Marvelish Mechanical, ooh, I can't speak. Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum got a physical release on, what was it called? Needle Juice, Needle Juice Records. So they probably still have stuff there, so go check that out. February 26th, Ultra Clock tweeted, or quote retweeted, such an honor to see someone from Bungie like my work, made my day. And that is a quote retweet from Juan Pablo, and they said, I love this channel. They put together such incredibly comprehensive showcases of different sci-fi weapons from games with everything you can think of accounted for. Here's a showcase of an exotic bow I did sound design for this season uh yeah that was pretty cool a bungee sound designer uh noticed ultra clock's work ultra clock if you do not know is an upcoming youtuber and they post videos or showcases of things from sci-fi games um they don't have that big of a following yet but their content is interesting to look at if you're interested in that type of stuff <sighs> June 13th, uh, Trash Panda, at Trash Panda, I guess I should say, they tweeted, Fairy Tale by Alexander Ryback, still absolutely the best song to ever have come out of ESC. Now, me and Finn don't agree on a lot of things, but if we were to agree on something, this would be it. I believe he tweeted that back when Eurovision was still going on, question mark? Um, yeah. Fairy Tale is a pretty good song. <laughs> um, June 14th, Arrowheart tweeted, I really want to know who's behind the uh, this influx of fake accounts seemingly targeting Fourier Smartest. Like, what's the game from it? Um, yeah, that was tweeted back when there was one person making a lot of fake accounts of Fourier Smartest. And I'll talk more about that in the future, though. That's a whole topic all in its own. How are we doing for time? Uh, 45 minutes-ish? June 12th, Echofade at Echofade Who tweeted, We're taking you home, plant. And it's a little image of a plant. I just thought that was a nice little tweet. June 12th, Pop-Up tweeted, F you, Tilde's your mayor. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. Because Mayor No Tilde. Mayor No Tilde. Well, pop up Tilde, the mayor. Um, June 12th, Misha B. Barking tweeted New video. I was given the honor to. Oh, I, oh I'm going too fast. I was given the honor and opportunity to speak and work with Trash Panda to discuss Fuzznet World, a site for furry music. Retweets are very much appreciated, and there's a link to his YouTube video of him talking to Trash Panda. Uh, Me Should Be Barking is a fairly small, but kinda rising for a YouTuber. So I thought that was interesting how that happened. <sighs> 
Um, June 11th, Fuzznet tweeted about how their distributor uh, cut connections with them. And then they also tweeted later on something else about how they got enough funds to do a different distributor. I believe. Yes. Uh, <laughs> June 1st. Marino, today tweeted, just pause my billing cycle for patrons while I take my hiatus. You shouldn't be charged July 1st if you're signed up. And that happened. So if you needed to know that back in June, there you go. <laughs> um, May 31st, Wave Racers Collective at Wave Racers tweeted, the last new card, 303, is a legendary rarity card of Marino Tilde. So I believe these cards are cards they ship out with your order of a physical release from them. Speaking of which, Wave Racers actually made a physical release of Solani on vinyl. Um, yeah, so that happened a while ago. <laughs> Uh, Marino Tilde, May 31st, tweeted, I'm going on hiatus. I've been releasing a track a week since I created my Patreon in February 2020, and I need to take some time off for personal reasons. Patrons won't be charged for June, and Twitch streams will also be put on hold. I should be back by July. Thanks, everyone. Um, May 6th, Matthew, at MaddieFeelsRough, tweeted, Hold me back, and it is a picture of... A Beastars Season 1 soundtrack on vinyl. It is... How much is it? 84 quid. I have no idea how much 84 quid translates to USD. Let's just see. 84 quid to USD. That is 116 bucks for the Beastars Season 1 soundtrack on vinyl. Is that a good deal? Um... Well, there's three records from what the picture shows. Three records, a fancy box, and maybe a poster? Uh, maybe it's a good deal? I'm not sure. May 9th. Maddie Feels Rough tweeted, So I see a listing on eBay of every episode of Evangelion on VHS. Ask the seller if there's any mold on the tapes, and she says there is pain. Why is collecting all the Evangelion VHS tapes like trying to get all the Infinity Sounds? And that was interesting. Um, it's true though. That day I was looking up a bunch of Evangelion physicals just because I was curious to see if he was true. And yeah, they're kind of hard to get a hold of. They're, even the laser discs looked pretty expensive. Um, speaking of Evangelion, I binge watched the entire show and the... Did I watch both movies? I think I did. Yeah? I think... I think so. I watched the movies too. Um... Summary? It was interesting. Kinda got weird in the second half of the show, I'll be honest. And the ending I didn't like whatsoever. <laughs> so there's my quick summary recap of Evangelion. May 8th, Fennec at Foxer underscore Fennec tweeted, Patreon, here you can now support my work directly and access to my future releases along with my unreleased and unfinished work. There's already one track available from an album I'm making for a label you all know well. And go check that out. Yeah, Foxtail Fennec or Foxer Fennec is a pretty cool dude, makes some pretty good music, and yeah, go check that out. He made some notable releases such as 
Foxtail, Neon Rain, and I think he's making another album. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but I know it seemed interesting, so I'd keep an eye, an eye, an eye out for that. <sighs> May 2nd, Sotok tweeted, I don't really know who Sotok is, but they tweeted, how to make your Twitter experience better. Block early, block often, and block mutually. Um, I don't fully agree with their tweet, and I do find it a little funny how in the uh, responses to their tweet, he responded to himself and he said, follower count goes down a lot. Wait, no, not like that. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting, some people on Twitter. Um, April 26th, Marinel Tilde tweeted, or quote, retweeted, I can confirm that this is some good poopy. <laughs> um, it is a quote retweet of Pop-Up's release of Songs for Distance. And it even has a cassette release. Guess what? I have it right here. Ooh, look at that. Um... Yeah, I'll talk about that in a future episode, so it gets its own episode. Uh, May 4th, Marino Tilde tweeted, Here's quote-unquote fluff from the Solani test pressing. Full track on Patreon. Get the final here at Wave Racers Collective. Um, yeah. May 31st, Runa Pocket, a, another latte artist, tweeted a photo of them using a marker to do latte art on a latte and under that tweet they also responded to themselves saying it was just an april fool's joke although it says may 31st you might be asking well that's because they live in a different country so the time thing is a little off <sighs> may 3rd marino today tweeted just got my hands on the salani test pressing this audio was recorded straight from the vinyl pre-order a record here and they have a little clip of the audio. Oh, here's the final track of the Everybody Come Outside album. I don't know if you can hear it that well in the background. Hmm. <sighs> April 29th, BD at Briskide? I don't know who this person is. But they made a funny joke replying to a post of somebody asking for an apology dinner, and they said, I want an apology dinner, also breakdown brunch, bad day breakfast, low feeling lunch, sad second lunch, liar dinner, depression dinner, and give up midnight. So I thought that was funny at the time. Um, sorry about that, I had to uh, make sure there was some weird noises not in the background. Um, April 28th, the sports writer tweeted, Juan Hoya Borja, famed Spanish comedian, El Revistas, and face of the ever-popular KekW emote on Twitch, has passed away at the age of 65. <sighs> um, when I first recorded this, or when I first recorded episode number 27, my version of episode 27, a couple months ago, uh... This part, when I read this, um, hit me a little bit, because it reminded me a lot of how the Double Rainbow guy passed away, and when he passed away, it was pretty sad. So, best regards to him, and yeah. April 24th, Marinel Twitty... Jeez, I can't say Marinel Twitty's name. 
April 24th. Mayor No Tilde tweeted, currently enjoying a vodka ripple. Um, it was funny because on their Discord server, they were talking about how how much they regretted drinking it because it made them feel not so good. April 21st, Needle Juice Records tweeted, 1 million funkin dollars. Not F-U-C-K, it is in fact F-U-N-K-I-N. So I did not curse. <laughs> um, uh, that was because the Friday Night Funkin Kickstarter got to over a million dollars. I don't remember its final count. Let's see if I can find that. Friday Night Funkin Kickstarter. Kickstarter. It got to... Oh, it got to $2,247,641. That is a lot of money. <laughs> Especially for Friday Night Funkin'. Um, so that was interesting. April 20th, Rain at RainDown underscore tweeted, Super nice out today. Despite the headache, I went out and sat in Beep and drank some coffee for a bit while the sun was still out. Now a nice, lovely picture of the inside of their car with the little top bit of their steering wheel, steering wheel and the sun rising in the distance. A nice golden hour picture. <sighs> and I believe that concludes the list. That was quite a long list. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man. My voice is feeling a tad scratchy from all that. It's been a while since I've recorded a full-length podcast episode. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <sighs> should I end it there? I don't think I should, maybe. Okay. I'll go back, edit all the audio, and then I'll come back and see what there is for me to add in regards to the episode. Uh, goodbye for now. Goodbye for now. Sorry you won't be able to hear the end of this track, but at the same time, it kind of just keeps on repeating the same tune over and over and over again. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll see you in a little bit. I'm back. So I went back and edited all the audio I had for this episode. Or should I say, this version of this episode. This is about version number four of this exact same episode, kind of. The first two versions were technically episode number 27. The second two versions, this one included, were for episode 28. The other version, the one I recorded, what, a couple days ago, is basically just this entire episode, like nothing different except for me being very tired because it was 1 a.m. The other two versions for episode 27 were back when Vault of Glass was new to Destiny 2. Wow. Speaking of Destiny 2, we might as well talk about all that. So, you might be wondering, oh, is this going to kick off the Destiny 2 segment of this podcast? Yes, it is. It is. In fact, if you know nothing about Destiny 2, that's okay. Come in, come in, sit down. Let me tell you a story about Destiny 1. Well, 
Destiny one back in the day, what was it, 2014, maybe 2015, there was a raid called a Vault of Glass. That was the very first raid Destiny 2, or not Destiny 2, I'm getting my destinies mixed up. That was the very first raid ever introduced into the Destiny franchise. Um, I don't recall if I was there. I don't know if I ever did it or not. Hmm. So, Vault of Glass. That was the first raid. Yes, yes, yes. And guess what? It's the most recent raid to be introduced to Destiny 2 as of recording this podcast episode. I was there day one of Destiny 2's version of Vault of Glass. Not day one of Destiny 1's version, but Destiny 2's version. Yes, yes, yes. And I already had prior experience with Destiny 1's version of Vault of Glass. Yes, I have done it before, just not when it was new. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe doing the day one version of Destiny 2's Vault of Glass might not be that hard. Um, I wouldn't say it wasn't hard. I mean, it was. It was very hard. You died a, what? A goblin in two shots? Yeah, you would. You'd die to a goblin very quick. You'd die to... What was it? Cyclopses? Cyclopses, let me tell you. There's just three at the beginning of the uh, gate opening sequence that weren't there before. Man, did that throw us for a loop. <laughs> we probably... I don't want to say took an hour. We took a long time just to get through the gate sequence. Ooh, and that's not even an actual encounter of the raid. Well, is it though? I mean, it's not a boss encounter. <sighs> so long story short, 13 hours later? What was it? Maybe it was either 12 or 14, 13 hours later, we finally got to the, what was it called? Did we stop at Templar? No, we stopped at the uh, Gatekeeper. The Gatekeeper for Atheon, I think. We stopped at the Gatekeeper, right? Yeah, I don't think we got past the Gatekeeper of Atheon. And... <sighs> it was such a long time. Such a long time. And the loot I got away with it was, I think, a sniper or two and no it was one sniper a shotgun and a scout rifle i believe um yeah so i mean i guess it was worth the 13 14 ish hours worth of raiding kind of not really i don't know it's cool to say i was there <laughs> but it took a long long time and to this day months after it came out i still haven't finished destiny 2's version of vault of glass haven't beaten atheon nope <laughs> i pretty much only tried vault of glass when it was out day one of destiny 2 and maybe the week of yeah because the team i was with I haven't, I haven't heard anything from them since the week of uh, Vault of Glass coming So I don't know. <laughs> uh, we got so close, though. So close. 
get so far. Other than that, there isn't really a whole lot for me to say about Vault of Glass and my experience with it, other than what worked for me, my loadout was the Two-Tailed Fox, and did I use Born Mind Cells? I don't think so. I think it was Two-Tailed Fox, Phoenix Protocol? No, it wasn't Phoenix Protocol. It was the Warlock chess piece, exotic chess piece, that gave you orbs whenever you use your will. And yeah, that was pretty much the, I think? Maybe I used, I don't remember. Okay, clearly I don't remember well enough to give you a full loadout. But basically, Two-Tailed Fox was actually pretty good. <laughs> or at least it was for the most part. When it comes to Destiny news, other than Vaults of Glass coming out, I'd have to say the only interesting thing that's happened recently is Solstice of Heroes. This season was, I don't want to say dry, but not a lot's been going on. We killed Coria, the uh, Taken Hive. Not hive? No, that's not right. Taken Vex Mind, I believe. If my grimoire is correct, we also... That was pretty much it. <laughs> when it comes to the season story, I believe that was pretty much it. I haven't played the past few weeks, though, I'll be honest. Well, that's not true technically. I hopped on a little bit to try to mess with the Solstice of Heroes grind, but I haven't really gotten too much done with that. Speaking of Solstice of Heroes, um, my experience with it is... Eh... I haven't felt the Solstice of Heroes grind has really been fun for a couple of years now, I'll be honest. As for the armor, I think it also kind of looks a little meh. I don't personally like it. Something interesting they did was um, the final glow that you can earn from messing with the armor is white. So that's new. But alas, I do realize that a lot of you probably don't know any of what I'm talking about, and a lot of you probably don't even play Destiny, and that's okay. Um, I guess we can transition into news in the Furiousmar community. Um, what should we start with, though? I guess we could start with Pocket Fox? And I guess there hasn't really been too, too much going on with Pocket Fox. I mean, well, actually... It has been three months, and a lot has happened in three months. So, I guess let's start off with the good news first. Within the three months absence I've had, Pocketbox has uploaded, um, let's say, three, six, seven, eight, maybe eight or nine videos, question mark. Um, that's quite a bit. <laughs> For Pocket Fox, that's like, I don't know, that's quite the achievement for Pocket Fox. Um, any other good news when it comes to Pocket Fox? What else happened? Uh, I think that's really kind of it for that. Um, other than Pocket Fox uploading all of those, there really hasn't been much going on with that. 
Um, a week ago, he did post on his community tab, and I think maybe Twitter? Question mark? I don't actually know. I don't think so. That he's actually going to be taking a month's break, or a little longer, depending on how quickly he gets back to the way he wants to feel again. Um, just typical Pocket Fox stuff going on there. And I guess I could talk about the bookmark, the Twitter bookmark that I mentioned a while ago, if I can find it. Uh, here we go. Um, Pocketfox, June 12th on Twitter. Hey guys, someone's created a fake account of me on here. Please report them if you can. I will never be under any account other than this one, so if you see anything like this again, please kindly report and ignore. Thank you. So that, I don't want to say kicks off this little debacle of how one person was impersonating a lot of previous artists on Twitter, because PocketFox was not the first. <sighs> My nose. <laughs> um, I believe Minky was, from what I know, the first person to get impersonated. Um, I have a whole slew of these bookmarks saved of all these people who got impersonated. Let's just see if I can find them, though. Here we go. I found it. May 9th, Minky tweeted, Please don't follow at Minky Fox. Oh, there are two O's in that name. Report him. He is definitely not me. He is sending me threats. And that's May 9th, and... Please excuse my lack of knowing my own months. <laughs> but uh, Bloppy Woofer tweeted on June 5th, Hello, there's another Twitter account that is impersonating me. He did not copy my great humor, though. Send help. Also, I will resolve this somehow. And then uh, June 13th, Arrowheart tweeted, The account at slash Arrowheart123 is not me. Please report if it is. Uh, if it follows you, thanks. Um, May 15th, Snowball tweeted, Hey guys, just want to inform you some kid made an imposter count of me uh, at Snowball33830149. Just report and ignore it. Thanks. And is there anybody else? Oh, yes. Roland at Roland Wolf, June 13th. Okay, apparently someone created a, <laughs> a FAC account. And pretend to be B. And, uh, yeah. And then, is there anybody else? I don't think so. So, looking through all my stuff, all my notes, I don't believe I can recall or find any information on anybody else who might have been impersonated within the community. Um, but yeah, that happened. It was very interesting to see it all go down. I remembered when it first happened to Minky, and I saw that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I first thought, well, maybe it's just because I know recently Minky's been tweeting about how him and like, some other people were having some drama and i was like well maybe he just made somebody 
mad and now they're impersonating him or something and trying to mess with him and then it continued to happen with other people and i was like oh well now i have no idea who it could be so that was interesting um right now i'm scrolling through my other bookmarks because there's another bookmark tweet i had in regards to this <sighs> uh was it the arrowheart one i believe it was Yes, Arrowheart. I replied to Arrowheart's tweet back then, when uh, the one where Arrowheart was asking about the thing. And we were just talking about how it seemed kind of strange. So there was that. Now, the one thing, the one reason for me bringing up how we were talking about it um, is because it seems to me that the way some people handle it is different. Bloppy Woofer doesn't seem to overly make it all drama-y, I guess you could say. doesn't seem to overly care that much, but, like, not in a bad way. I think he handles it well. Snowball, I think the way he handled it was a little... <laughs> it was a little funny. I always think... People who call other people online kid without even knowing if they're a kid is a little childish of within themselves, I'll be honest. I don't like people who do that. Um, who else was it? Pocket Fox. I sent a message to Pocket Fox about that when it was happening. And that actually rolls off into another bookmark tweet I have here. June 12th, Stainless the Fox, at Stainless the Fox, they said, Just caught out a troll account trying to impersonate my close friend at your pocket fox. Please report the fake account before it, before it me comes too big of a mess. Thank you in advance. And they have a little picture of the fake account. Now, this one is interesting because I literally watched them follow the fake account and then reply to one of the fake account's tweets saying something around the lines of, you're my friend. And then the fake account said, of course. <laughs> and if you go to their account now, um, you can't find that response. Or when the fake account was still around, I don't know if it is still around, you could look at that account and see that they replied to their uh, tweet. They took down their tweet after tweeting about how they caught out the impersonator. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> so I'm not trying to say Stainless here was fooled by the fake account, but I have a feeling Stainless here was fooled by the fake account. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I don't, I don't want to say I was the first person to cop out the uh, fake account until Pocket Fox. I'm not trying to say that. But I mean, let's just say I do my job pretty good. Mm. <laughs> uh, if there's anything I'll ever boast about, it's my, my loyalty to uh, make sure things are right and set in the right place. Whenever I can, I try my best. I do. I really do try. But at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I think that's really it for the whole for ASMR community and Pocket Fox news. I guess once again, Snowball did get a 4K camera, and I do have to say that's pretty neato. Um, it's pretty interesting. I think Arrowheart also hit their anniversary for their YouTube channel recently. I know they did a stream. Was it yesterday? Maybe. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, I think that's it. Ooh, oh yes, I totally forgot. I totally forgot. So I've been holding on to this for quite a while now. But every episode I try to um bring up a drink choice from somebody I talk to online because I have a rule where if I talk to you online I have to ask you about your favorite drink at some point. And then I like to bring it up here on the podcast because I like to know the drink choices of a lot of people because it intrigues me to know what everybody likes. For the most part, everybody tends to give the same answers. I'll be honest, I'll be honest. And that's kind of the situation here, but that's fine. I respect it though because it really does show what teas, coffees, and energy drinks really do leave an impression on the public's mind. So, I asked our good friend Swift Scouty what his favorite tea or coffee drink was, and he said, green tea. I also said, loose leaf or bagged? He said, bagged. And, well, it's not the most interesting, but I do respect the answer. In fact, the only green tea I have on hand with me at the moment in the house is bagged green tea. (laughs) I even made some just the other day, actually, and I've been meaning to make more. Yes, yes, yes. Other than that, though, I guess there really isn't much else for me to say about that choice other than I respect it, and I myself need to look into green tea. Because I'm not the biggest green tea fan. And I've always been meaning to try more green teas. Um, there's also I've been meaning to try a Copacabana tea for a long time now. And I've been wanting to get it from the tea exchange. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> Last time I went to the actual store. Because um, the only time I can get the teas whenever I go on a trip specifically to get the tea. Last time I went, I was going to get it, and then I I think they had Fireside Spice, and they typically don't, and they even said, this is our last bag of Fireside Spice. And I said, oh man, I could either get something I've never tried before, and it's green tea, or I could get my favorite tea that's hard to find, Fireside Spice. Of course, I had to go for Fireside Spice. That was a while ago, and now I'm out of Fireside Spice. And am in need of more. (sighs) Speaking of tea, I was also meaning to try to figure out how to make a good iced tea for today's drink and music pairing. Because I was going to do something a little more special other than just the raspberries half-and-half combo of... Uh, ginger green tea and blueberry juice. 
because I have this book I got a while ago. It's an iced tea book, a bunch of iced tea recipes and stuff like that. And I went to go look for the book, and then I realized, oh wait, I packed my espresso book and my uh, other coffee and tea books already, so whoops. <laughs> I guess that can also transition us into the Chemex for my birthday back in April. My brother got me a Chemex coffee maker, or not really a coffee maker. I'm the one making the coffee. The Chemex is just sitting there. <laughs> um, the Chemex, if you do, do not know, did not know, and might not have known, is a uh, patented design of a drip coffee maker. Once again, I don't know if I can really call it a maker. Drip coffee vessel? It's not a cup. It's the thing you make the coffee in. It doesn't make the coffee. Well, I guess it does technically make the coffee for you. Is the act of it holding the paper or the filter you use it making the coffee? That's a good question. Um, but I digress. So I got the Chemex. It was pretty cool. He also got me a metal coffee filter. Ooh, so I'm not using paper filters. I'm just using one reusable metal filter. And it's pretty fancy looking. It's all gold looking, I think. It's been a while since I used it. <laughs> um, I think it, it, it either has like a bronze or a gold tinge to it. And I think it looks pretty cool. Maybe it's copper tinge. I'm not even sure. Like I said, it's, it's been, a, it's been a quick second. And the thing about metal filters, if you did not know, apparently metal filters let out a little more coffee oil into your coffee. So paper filters would have taken the coffee oils out, or it would have so soaked up the oils. And you can notice it. You definitely can notice it. The Chemex is a um, easier way to make coffee that's for sure when compared to the uh, mocha pot and french press that i use i'd have to say the chemex is i don't well somewhat becoming my preferred method of making coffee it definitely is a lot simpler and a lot easier to clean and mess with and quite frankly it feels like it's quicker too but at the same time you really I don't want to say you can't pick a favorite. I can't pick a favorite because it's like they're just completely different experiences, you know? Like I was mentioning, the uh, Chemex, since it has a metal, metal filter, lets out more coffee oils into your drink. And it's very interesting, very interesting. But I guess you could also say, well, if the metal filter of the Chemex lets the coffee oils through through the coffee, why doesn't the metal filter of your French press let the coffee oil through your coffee? That, I'm not sure. It could be because that's immersion brewing and not, um, drip? Is that how it's called? I know it's immersion and infusion brewing, I believe? Or is it diffusion? No, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what drip coffee is categorized when it comes to brewing terms um i don't know that's a good question though 
Why haven't I noticed the coffee oils whenever I drink French press coffee? Hmm. All I know is whenever I look at the coffee after pouring it from the Chemex, I can see a little film of oil on top of the coffee. So, huh. There's some studying to be done to look into why that is when it comes to the French press and the Chemex. Um, I don't have paper filters for the Chemex, and I haven't tried using paper filters for the Chemex yet. It is an interesting experience. Actually, we did get some drip coffee filters recently. I totally forgot we even did that. I wonder if we packed those already, though. I'm not sure. I might have to make some coffee in the morning. Ooh. Um, is there anything else for me to say about the Chemex other than that? I don't think so. It is, it feels fragile. I'll tell you that. It definitely feels fragile. It is a giant glass-like <laughs> pitcher, basically. It's one piece, and yeah. <laughs> other than that, though, that's really all I have to say about the Chemex. Um, did I mention I got a mocha pot? I know on the Echo Fade podcast episode I said I got a mocha pot, but I ever go into depth with that on the other episodes? I'm not sure. But I did get a, uh, I don't remember what the brand name was, but it's the brand that everybody says is from Italy and, like, the best mocha pot brand there is. So there was that. Um, I did get a electric burr grinder for father's day wow i say that but um i'm not a father <laughs> it, it was quite funny um we got the burr grinder because i was trying to make cold brew because my mother was all like oh you should make cold brew and i was like well if i make cold brew with our electric grinder it really ain't gonna come out that great and she was like, oh, okay. And they saw, and I was like, I'll do it, though. And then I did it. I tried doing it. And I got started with the first little tiny thing out of the, like, two cups of coffee beans I had to grind. And it's a really tiny electric, like, blade grinder. And I'm just over there, like, and I have to do that process a whole lot just for a tiny thing. And they were all like, oh, we'll go get a we'll go get a burr grinder. And I was trying to get them to get a manual burr grinder, but they were they insisted on getting an electric. So we got an electric burr grinder. So I've been fiddling with coffee grind settings. Um ever since we got that though, the mocha pot experience has been way better than in the past, I'll tell you what. The pucks, the coffee ground pucks after using the mocha pot, they're actually like solid now. Whenever I would use the coffee grounds before, the aftermath of the mocha pot coffee grounds would look pretty like messed up and all over the place and not one solid thing of grounds in the basket. So that was interesting. And I think it's because it's more of a uniform grind, so the water's been going through it evenly. 
also in coffee news, I should say, I finally got an experience or a chance to go to a coffee roaster. Well, yeah, a coffee roaster, like a little coffee shop with a roasting thing in the back. It was interesting. It was very nice. Their espresso machine was very interesting. It was like a part of the counter, and it was very simple looking, but it was like this black granite, maybe? Like a black granite marble? I'm not sure. I don't know my rocks <laughs> when it comes to making counters and stuff like that. And uh, it looked very interesting. It had two little spouts for the espresso making, and then it had two little um, steam tube things. I forgot what the actual term for it was. Steamers? Milk frothers, maybe? Yeah. Steam wands? Steam wands, I think they're called. And uh, the wands were copper, and the espresso actual little things there it was nice looking they even had fancy glassware it was very very interesting it was an experience i'll tell you that um i got an iced americano so the first couple sips of that uh gross <laughs> first couple sips it was kind of acidic and it it legit made me recoil <laughs> but after those first couple sips, it did taste really good afterwards. It was quite strange. That always seems to be the case, though. Isn't that weird? Whenever you're drinking coffee without anything in it, it's like, oh, wow, these first couple sips are really gross. And then you continue to drink it, and then you're like, you know what? This is kind of really good. <laughs> so there's that. Um, I guess we should just go into what else I've been doing in the past three months. So the main thing was, one, I was finishing up school, or the school year. Two, there's this little week-long summer school thing, or not summer school, it was like a little camp thing I had to go to. And three, I was waiting for this PC to come. It's a pre-built from HP. Um, I'll be honest, it m I might have paid a little more than we really should have, but it's a pre-built market at the moment since individual parts are kind of hard to get a hold of. <sighs> Plus, this has a warranty. Um, other than that, what else did I do? What else was I doing in the main part? Oh yeah, we had to go on a trip that I mentioned earlier and that was I really couldn't do anything after or before the trip it's this whole complicated thing and what else oh back in June I believe I got both of my vaccinations um first dose it was fine nothing more than a little soreness in the arm second dose i felt like i was i felt i i felt sick after the second dose i i literally went to sleep in a cold sweat or i think i woke up no i went to sleep like shivering 
Um, and then I woke up kind of sick, sickly, I guess. I don't know if I was actually sick, though. I did have a, well, yeah, I had a fever. Um, so that was interesting. And other than that, what else did I do? Um, huh. I can't remember at the moment what else I did. I binge-watched all of Evangelion. Um, what else did I watch? I feel like I watched something else, too. Did I mention I watched all of Beastars Season 2? I know I watched that, like, a couple months ago um, before it came out on Netflix. If you're wondering how I did that, all I can say is support the official release <laughs> and i guess that's really all i can think of to talk about for today's episode now that i now that i really give it a good look a good think um also what is my luck every time i start recording again the ac decides to kick on for some reason uh, is there anything I can think about, though? Is there anything I can think about? Oh, um, Echo Wu, Echo Wu, I believe he quit his job and is now a baker, question mark, I think he said. I think I mentioned that in the bonus audio of last audio, or last episode. Wow, what time is it? Three, no way. <laughs> it's 3.01 in the morning. I have... I could have sworn it was 12, like, oh, wow, okay. So, it's 3.01 in the morning. I had absolutely no idea. It feels like it's only 12. So, um, huh. I guess, okay. I don't know how to really, or what to really leave off on. I guess, I still feel like there's something I'm forgetting, though. There has to be something I'm forgetting, though. Oh, yes. Senshi 2, I believe, a trailer for Senshi 2, the Machinima-type film by the Splash Army. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Senshi 2, redacted sneak peek, official Destiny 2 movie slash Machinima and that is, that was released on July 18th, a sneak peek into Senshi 2. So go check that out. Um, yeah. Now is there anything else I can think about? Is there not something I'm forgetting? So what I'm going to do is leave it off by saying there's a possibility I might think about streaming in the future on Twitch. Um, Risk of Rain 2, anyone? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, I got Risk of Rain 2 after watching Hacksource 553 streaming it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get a computer and I've been wanting to play it. And I've, and I've been watching Risk of Rain 2 be... A thing for a long time now so I was like you know what I'm gonna get Risk of Rain 2 and I did and I've been loving it I already put like almost 60 hours into the game and yeah so I might 
do some content on that in the future. Not sure how that's going to go. And I'll leave this episode off by doing a little music outro with... What was it called? Tame Werewolf's Secrets of Love cassette that was, once again, originally supposed to be, um, supposed to be the main um, music pairing for this episode. Episode number 27. Or that was supposed to be the main music pairing for episode 27, of course. But that did not happen. It's been a while since I've turned on the cassette deck, I'll be honest. This is track number one. Uh, side A, track one, Our Minds Tonight. And that will conclude today's episode. And I'll see y'all later. Hopefully next time you'll be able to see me in a, um... I don't know, actually. I might record before I move. Who knows? I do... I think I have, like, what? What day is it? Tuesday? I might move Friday. There's a, there's a chance. <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see. Goodbye!